On the top of a high mountain, near the fountainhead of these four rivers, Olaf Janssen, the Norseman, claims to have discovered the long-lost Garden of Eden, the veritable navel of the earth, and to have spent over two years studying and reconnoitering in this marvelous within-land, exuberant with stupendous plant life and abounding in giant animals, a land where the people lived to be centuries old, after the order of Methuselah and other biblical characters, a region where one-quarter of the inner surface is water and three-quarters land, where there are large oceans and many rivers and lakes, where the cities are superlative in construction and magnificence, where modes of transportation are as far in advance of ours as we with our boasted achievements are in advance of the inhabitants of darkest Africa. The distance directly across the space from inner surface to inner surface is about 600 miles less than the recognized diameter of the Earth. In the identical center of this vast vacuum is the seat of electricity, a mammoth ball of dull red fire, not startlingly brilliant, but surrounded by a white, mild, luminous cloud giving out uniform warmth and held in its place in the center of this internal space by the immutable law of gravitation. This electrical cloud is known to the people within as the abode of the smoky god. They believe it to be the throne of the Most High. Olaf Janssen reminded me of how, in the old college days, we were all familiar with the laboratory demonstrations of centrifugal motion, which clearly proved that, if the Earth were a solid, the rapidity of its revolution upon its axis would tear it into a thousand fragments. The old Norsemen also maintained that from the farthest points of land on the islands of Spitsbergen and Franz Josef Land, flocks of geese may be seen annually flying still farther northward, just as the sailors and explorers record in their logbooks. No scientist has yet been audacious enough to attempt to explain, even to his own satisfaction, toward what lands these winged fowls are guided by their subtle instinct. However, Olaf Janssen has given us a most reasonable explanation. The presence of the open sea in the Northland is also explained. Olaf Janssen claims that the northern aperture, intake or hole, so to speak, is about 1,400 miles across. In connection with this, let us read what explorer Nansen writes on page 288 of his book. I have never had such a splendid sail, on to the north, steadily north, with a good wind, as fast as steam and sail can take us, an open sea mile after mile, watch after watch, through these unknown regions, always clearer and clearer of ice, one might almost say, how long will it last? The eye always turns to the northward as one paces the bridge. It is gazing into the future, but there is always the same dark sky ahead which means open sea. Again, the Norwood Review of England, in its issue of May 10, 1884, says, We do not admit that there is ice up to the pole, once inside the great ice barrier, a new world breaks upon the explorer. The climate is mild like that of England, and afterward, 
balmy as the Greek Isles. Some of the rivers within, Olaf Janssen claims, are larger than our Mississippi and Amazon rivers combined, in point of volume of water carried. Indeed, their greatness is occasioned by their width and depth rather than their length. And it is at the mouths of these mighty rivers, as they flow northward and southward along the inside surface of the earth, that mammoth icebergs are found, some of them fifteen and twenty miles wide and from forty to one hundred miles in length. Is it not strange that there has never been an iceberg encountered, either in the Arctic or Antarctic Ocean, that is not composed of fresh water?